Why, hey there. My name is Darcy Jeremy. You're listening to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be answering a question about using the client's doctor's report in the ergonomic assessment. Is this best practice? Well, stay tuned to find out. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board-certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. Let's jump into this question. Is it best practice or usual when completing an ergonomics assessment to try and access the client's doctor's report on the injury they are experiencing if they have sought medical attention, that is? I ask, as it's usual practice with an OT, to have access to medical records which can be used to help guide intervention. So let's dive into this question right now. And I'm going to be sharing four points, just four points that will clarify how I've done this in my past 15 years and how the industry uses things like this because it is a little bit different from the OT profession. Well, maybe it's a lot different from the OT profession. So first of all, number one, it depends on the scope of what you're doing as an ergonomist and how you're doing it. Um, And generally speaking, I have found that having that extra information isn't absolutely necessary. However, if you are going to be using that information, you're going to be essentially accessing that personal medical information and you will have to be extremely mindful of the Health Information Privacy Act. And every country has some element of this. Some are more than others. And it's really important to keep that in mind in whatever we're doing, because that's another level of risk that as consultants, we have to manage. The only situations that I've used personal health information in my ergonomic reports are cases related to workers' compensation um, and complex return to work cases where, you know, it's, it's not the normal type of situation. And the second part is expert opinion on litigation cases or in litigation cases. Those are the only aspects of my past that I have required and used and has been my best interest and that client's best interest too, to use private health information. However, each time I've had access to it doesn't necessarily mean that it added a significant amount of value to the process that I was doing. Sure, it helped, but not all the time. So it's not absolutely necessary. And that goes into the second point I want to talk about. Generally speaking, if you just stick to the process, adding that extra level of information doesn't add a significant amount of value in an assessment. It adds an additional level of complexity to your process. 
Number three, I want you to keep this in mind. If you're going to see a client and they share personal health information with you freely, and maybe they say something like, thank goodness you're here. I've been wanting an ergonomic assessment for years. Everybody in this office or all my colleagues know that I have chronic lower back discomfort, blah, 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 you know, whatever the reasons are, whatever the medical diagnosis is. Everyone knows it. My boss knows it. His boss knows it. Her boss knows it. All these people know it. Just because that person might share freely information with you doesn't mean, and actually it's best practice, to not include that in the ergonomic report. It's been my experience over the 15 years of being in the industry, working with other ergonomists, and best practice in general. If you put that uh, health information in the report, it means that that report almost becomes jeopardized. It's easily shared in the organization. Um, You can violate personal health information law, and that could have so many negative implications to not only you as a consultant, however, it can also have huge implications on that employer-employee relationship. And I've certainly seen how how easily, whether or not it's done on purpose or if it's a mistake, how easily information can be sent to the wrong person, especially if you're working in a really large organization. It's a lot easier for everyone's sake to just stick to discomfort symptoms and put that in the report. The last thing here I want to share with, so number four, if you stick to the process of asking specific questions on your client's discomfort and observing and taking really thorough measurements, it's going to be really, I guess that's going to be one of the easiest ways to get through an ergonomic assessment, really, and add as much value as you possibly can. There are some questions I recommend asking because they're going to be leading questions that are going to give you a lot of good information that can help you figure out where the root cause is. And if we can figure out the root cause of that person's discomfort related to the setup of their workstation, then we can make high impact, low cost solutions. So I would recommend if you are in this situation, ask questions like um, leading to their severity, um, what kind of symptoms they're feeling, how often they're feeling it. And some of the best questions I've asked are related to how that person, your client, thinks could have led or contributed to the development of their symptoms. Often it could be like, hey, I think it's because I'm just an old person and I've been doing this job for 20 years. That's not really that useful. But the most useful information has to do with that person saying, ever since I got the new chair, I've noticed this discomfort um, in my shoulder. Doesn't mean that it's related because it's kind of complicated to why that would be related directly. However, it's leading to the fact that maybe there's some discrepancies in chair height or other elements in in the system that you can look at. So that's really useful information. And whenever possible, you're doing these questions, you want to really get down to what could be happening in that person's setup. Um, Another really good question that I recommend asking that I think is more valuable than 
getting specific doctor reports is potential solutions um, that client might have to reduce discomfort. And you can ask the question such as, um, what do you think could reduce your discomfort symptoms in your workstation? Like, uh, straightforward, as obvious as that. And you'll be surprised, again, some questions, um, I mean, some answers are not going to be as straightforward as that. Um, they might say, oh, I, you need to take 20 years off my life and I'll start to feel better. Or you could say, th- you might find things like more standing in the day would be useful. And um, the thing with standing, um, you shouldn't automatically jump to getting that person a sit-stand desk. There's a lot of value that you can um, make for that person with them being mindful of how they set up their day. For instance, like they could be standing when they're on a phone call. You can make up a makeshift sit-stand unit by putting text and boxes and stuff upside down. Um, there, there's a lot of aspects that you can put in a place that is going to be high impact, low cost. And the point of this is that it's them coming up with the solution. And it's your job as the expert who's been in the field for the amount of years that you've been into to pull out the good things about the valuable things that they're saying, the effective things about they're saying, and um, ensuring that they're feasible, they're practical, and it could be related to their discomfort. Therefore, you would put things like that into their workstation or make recommendations to do so. And that makes it a lot easier. These, these questions that I shared with you in this last point makes it a lot easier. So again, you want to ask about severity, their symptoms, their frequency, what could have contributed to the discomfort, and potential solutions that would reduce discomfort. All that really useful, I would say more effective than a simple doctor's report. There you have it, four points. If you like what I'm throwing down here in the podcast, make sure you subscribe. And that means whenever there's a new episode, you're going to be the first person to hear about it. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. So if you like what you heard in this podcast episode and you want to learn more, you want to learn how other healthcare professionals are already adding office ergonomic expertise to their services and practice, I have a training for you. All you have to do is head to ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo. That's ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo. And you can get started today.